0: This is a Federal News Network Podcast. Concussions and traumatic brain injury, awareness of just how widespread they are and how dangerous has spread throughout the war fighting and sports domains. Much new science and knowledge is the result of work by my next guest. Colleagues say her work has revolutionized the understanding of brain diseases. Dr. Ann McKee is Chief of Neuropathology at the Veterans Affairs Boston Healthcare System, and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. And she joins me now. Dr. McKee, good to have you on.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: And your work kind of got touched off in this way through a boxer who was also a former Marine, Paul Pender, who died some years ago but had fought pretty heavily in the 1950s and 60s and looking at that brain tissue. Tell us more about that.
1: Sure. So for many years, about 20 years, I'd been very interested in things like Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. Uh, The neurodegenerative disease is associated with aging, and uh, in my studies, I'm the neuropathologist, I had the opportunity to look at the brain of Paul Pender. Uh, He'd been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease because he'd been a world-class boxer many years before, but he'd retired in his 30s. He started getting uh, symptoms of dementia in his 50s and died in his early 70s. So no one was thinking that his boxing may have contributed to his clinical symptoms of dementia. But then, lo and behold, when I looked at the brain, he had anything but alzheimer's disease he He had the most peculiar a pattern of tau, which is a protein that builds up in some neurodegenerative diseases. He had the most peculiar pattern of tau that had ever been seen before, and I became extremely fascinated by it um, uh, and I, and I wanted to know more I wanted to know how and i it it had to be from his boxing, even though he uh Uh, stopped about 50 years earlier, and that's what really started it. I became extremely interested in this disease, and I started looking for it wherever I could find it. I tried to find boxers, uh, and I got to see a few more boxers' brains, but it wasn't until I had the opportunity to look at American football players, specifically uh, former NFL players, that I saw the same disease affecting their brains, and that's when the research Uh, We got very serious about the research and uh, developed a brain bank that now has close to 800 brains in it. And we've uh, seen the disease not just in athletes, uh, contact sports, ice hockey, soccer, rugby, football, but we've also seen it in military veterans who experience head injuries.
0: And I guess you needed to have more than one brain to establish cause and effect. Otherwise, you really couldn't from just the single sample.
1: Right. Absolutely. From a, a... Very very tough, very tough with human work to establish causality of a brain disease, but we now have hundreds of instances of this disease, and we're able to establish that there's a dose response, that the the longer uh, they play football, the more repetitive head injuries they experience, the higher their risk and the higher the, the severity of the CTE. So that dose response suggests that the two are causally related.
0: And in the case of veterans, it might be only one cause, say something that happens in combat, for example, that they would then not be repeatedly subjected to that trauma to the head. So therefore, can the same issue develop in veterans that might have had one dose, so to speak, versus a football player who may have one a week?
1: Yes. Well, you know, veterans are, are much more complicated than athletes. Athletes do pretty much the same thing every time they go out on the field. But veterans, because of Uh, their experiences, uh, uh, they have head injuries that are relatively random. And some can have a single head injury, specifically a single blast injury. And we have seen some changes of CTE after veterans who've had uh, reportedly only a single blast. But it's more complicated in veterans, and it's not, it's not easy. And we, we need lots more brains to study uh, to really be able to establish what are the important features of a veteran's history and exposure uh, that lead to uh, complications further in life. It's, it's not as simple as just CTE. There's probably other things that are happening as well, and we need to get a better handle on what those are so we can help treat the veterans that are living with some difficulties right now, and we want to prevent these injuries in the future.
0: We're speaking with Dr. Anne McKee, is Chief of Neuropathology at the Veterans Affairs Boston Healthcare System, and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals Program. There's an academic side of this to understanding the cause and effect and the different dynamics of brain injury. Have you also been able to work on any clinical situations where perhaps the effects can be mitigated, or the treatment can be adjusted to mitigate the effects? of this brain injury on a real living person.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we're doing with the brain donations is trying to understand the earliest changes that go on in the brain. And what we found is that inflammation is a very early feature uh, of both athletes and uh, military uh, veterans' brains. And that if we could maybe reduce that uh, inflammation or change it to a uh, uh, a different form we might to ha- make uh, we might make a dramatic uh, change in the way these individuals feel during life, so that 's one of our targets for treatment uh, as well as one of our targets for establishing biomarkers for this disease. One of the difficulties of brain injury and traumatic brain injury is that we don 't have good markers during life, biomarkers that establish whether a person has it or not we we still don 't have a a gold standard test for concussion, and we don't have that for uh, blast injury as well. So we're trying to establish ways to diagnose it or biomarkers during life, and we're also trying to establish treatments that would help reduce the inflammation, reduce the buildup of tau protein, and reduce the, the neurodegeneration, the nerve cell loss that usually accompanies it.
0: Now, I've heard that there are about 35 different forms of dementia besides Alzheimer's, do they all have at least something in common like this inflammation or the buildup of this type of protein?
1: About 20 different causes of dementia have tau protein as part of their pathology. Alzheimer's has tau protein too, but it has something else called beta amyloid. You have to have both of those proteins to have uh, Alzheimer's. CTE, on the other hand, just has tau. But most neurodegenerative diseases have in common that over time they progress uh... even though uh... they they, and they're associated with aging they get worse with aging and that over time they cause nerve cells to die, connections between nerve cells to die, and ultimately result in dementia, difficulty, doing the activities of daily life, and then, of course, make it uh, more common for you to get infections and other things that lead to your death.
0: Yeah, if you're lucky in some cases. And tell us about your daily life. I mean, you, you're looking for brain samples. What do you do in the course of a normal day here uh, with respect <laughs> well, to this research?
1: Well, I don't have to look for brain samples anymore. That was what we did in the beginning, because everyone thought it was so macabre, of course. Why would we want brain donations? But now I think uh, people, there's a there's a large public understanding of why we're doing this work. And so the brains are coming in uh, very, uh, very rapidly, uh, because families reach out to us. That's ninety percent of our cases that uh, come in completely from a- families reaching out uh, and of course That's one of the main parts of our program: is that we need more military brains, we need more female brains, we need to understand the effects of gender on the outcome, uh, and we really need to understand the effects of military injuries because they can be so varied. But my normal day consists of me sitting here, like I'm talking to you now, and uh, I talk to families. I'll have about four calls with families today to tell them the results of the examination on their loved ones. It can be a very difficult call. A lot of these individuals are young, 21, uh, sometimes teenagers, 37, and you're speaking to either their, their parents or their spouse, and you're trying to bring some closure to their death, and that's always a difficult time. The other part of my day will be spent looking at slides, looking at more cases of other individuals who have usually met an untimely death and we're trying to understand more about why they exhibited the symptoms that they had prior to death. Uh, And then, you know, the other things are administration, I have a big group of people that it takes a big team to do this work, a lot of research assistants, I have a lot of colleagues now that help me with the work. Uh, And it takes a lot of organization and manage management.
0: And when you look at these brains and the see the donated brains and deal with the families that wonder what happened to their loved ones, knowing what you do about the brain, do you ever ponder in the case of whether the brain is gone? Is the soul still there?
1: Yeah, I mean you definitely have um you definitely have thoughts about religion and what is the meaning of life and uh what is the you know what is the brain, what is the mind, what is the soul, what is a person's identity and you know all those thoughts sort of swirl in your head as you do this work. None of none of us have the answer, but it's something that certainly occurs to you. And and and, and interestingly enough I, I I don't talk about this very often, but I often feel that this was my destiny to try, that somehow I was given this as the, as the question I was supposed to try to answer during my life. And so I, I feel a, an obligation to do this work.
0: Dr. Anne McKee is Chief of Neuropathology at the Veterans Affairs Boston Healthcare System. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. She's also a finalist in this year's Service to America medals program. We'll post this interview and a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.